This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now are my good friends for a return, Jack and Laws, from their wonderful blog. And we do have an Israeli journalist on the line with us, Uri Levy. He's on to talk about Menor Solomon. And we're going to get all kinds of information from him on that. And then after we're done talking to Uri, Jack and Laws are going to share their thoughts on the Brighton Hove Albion match and much more. So we have a lot to talk about in this episode of Cottage Talk. Before we get going, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other phone supporters find us. Okay, guys, I just want to welcome everyone to the show first. Jack and Laws. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me tonight. And uh, it should be a fun show. Yeah, good to be here. Okay, Laws, welcome back to the show. Hi, Russ. Lovely to be back. And uh, we always love to chat for them. So thank you very much for having us. (laughs) Oh, we're going to have a a nice chat about Fulham. This should be a great show. But to get us going, Uri, welcome to the show. And uh, you and I have been messaging back and forth for a while. And I've been trying to find a good time to have you come on to talk about Menor Solomon. So we're going to talk about him for about 15 to 20 minutes and first of all welcome to cottage talk thank you so much for joining me and thank the ladies you so much tonight for inviting and i'm happy and excited to join you guys tonight um, always special and, uh, and exciting and i'm always happy to speak about israeli footballers who are doing well abroad uh, fortunately for us although it started a little bit shaky for manor <laughs> in uh, fulham uh, I think we got a couple of good reasons to speak about him today, and it will be my pleasure and honor to discuss with you guys about uh, our our talent, our our future leader of, of the Israeli football, Israeli national football. Well, that's great. Like I said, I'll be asking some questions, and the ladies will be as well. So let's get it started, because I started hearing... Menor's name probably a little less than a year ago. I started hearing some rumblings that Fulham were interested. When did you start hearing about the possibility of Menor and Fulham? Yeah, 
if I remember correctly, uh, you know, Manor, since he was very young, we understood quickly in Israel that we have uh, a rare gem uh, in our measures. Uh, he grew up at uh, Maccabi Petah Tikva, a small club, a relatively small club, currently in second division, but probably uh, the, the top talent producer in the country. Okay, also Liela Bada from Celtic was produced there. Uh, this club is creating talent. He knows how to attract many talents from across the country. And Mano was a standout name from uh, 15, 16 year old. We heard about him. We knew about him. He made his debut very young. He made his impact in the league very young. Back then, he played the Premier League. So big clubs were always mentioned with his name. Uh, the most serious name at the beginning was Arsenal. Yes. Uh, it didn't. It didn't went well. Uh, but also, if I'm not mistaken, Tottenham, like every young Israel, talented Israeli that maybe can have a chance uh, in the Premier League. So Tottenham is always mentioned uh, from obvious reasons. And only after uh, he made the move to Shakhtar Donetsk, and uh, many people in Israel weren't so satisfied with this move because they say, Manor is such a talented player. Why should he go to Ukraine to play in the Ukrainian right. league? But, you know, many people do not know that Shakhtar also, like Maccabi Petah Tikva, is a club that is a top uh, class in exporting talent and uh, giving uh, young and talented players a good stage, a predominantly Champions League stage, uh, and to play and to show their talent. And, you know, since Manor scored uh, twice against Real Madrid in uh, the Champions League group stage, his name was uh, also mentioned again with Arsenal, again uh, with Lyon from France and, you know, big clubs. Um, but uh, I think I heard Fulham also again uh, uh, after, you know, Manor was, was in a good, uh, good, good uh, era in uh, Shakhtar. But then the war started and everything uh, pretty much crumbled. You know, Ukrainian football stopped, the world currently stopped. Russia was uh, got behind the closed doors for for rest of Europe, and we understood that Manon needed to be on the go. And he has a very emotional and um, interesting story of how he escaped the war in Ukraine. Maybe when you have Manor here on this podcast one day, you should ask him <laughs> to tell you this story. I would love to get him on this podcast. Yeah, um, um, but uh, everyone were very much uh, in a rush to see what's going on, what's his Manon next step, because we knew how much he is talented, we know how much uh, this, and when the, the moment that Fulham, Fulham name get, got, got into the picture, the whole country got behind this move. Because well, that's interesting, because I was yeah. going to ask you, what was the reaction when he joined Fulham? And you were saying everyone got behind the move. Yeah, they got behind the move, uh, first of all, because we knew this kid has a dream. Uh, he, spoke it, uh, he spoke about it many times in interviews since he was a teenager to play in England. It was his dream. And in Israel, we don't get too often uh, talents that are really capable of doing so. Uh, so everybody are attracted to the dream. Everybody are carried away with the kid's dream. So at the moment, we had Fulham and we understood that yeah, the big clubs probably won't bet on Manor now after he didn't got a steady game time because of the war and he didn't, uh, he wasn't training at, uh, in a team for a lot of time. Then he went through a, a training camp with Shakhtar in Spain and it wasn't stable. And at the moment we had Fulham is interested, 
everyone got behind it. Uh, you know, fans, most of, of course, but also journalists and media who knows the Premier League. And, you know, Fulham maybe is not a club that wins titles. It's not a club that go for the Champions of England and the Champions League. No, but it's a club with tradition. And it's a club that is like a family. It's hugging players. And, and uh, players that come to Fulham, eventually the, Fulham is staying part of them. And we saw it with many other big clubs. And, you know, we also know uh, Israel, in Israel, Alexander Mitrovic is very popular. People uh, rate him very highly. So when we see such a player coming from a country that, well, it's not similar to us in, in terms of mentality, but in some way, yes. Uh, you know, Serbia and Israel have a lot of a lot of things in common, and we see him succeeding there and making Fulham his home. So it's a way, you know, it should, it could be Manor's home too. And uh, if it will give him, if Fulham give him the the Premier League chance he looked for, fantastic opportunity, and he must go on it. And you know, it, the deal wasn't easy. The deal was right. a very complicated deal to to produce. And you know, I must to give a, a we say in Israel chapeau uh, to all involved, his agent. Fulham uh, and Shaka to understand the situation and to understand that eventually the benefit of this kid, of his career, of his talent is, is top priority now. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, you know, in Israel, everyone was for it. Everybody are very sympathetic with, sympathetic with Fulham. Uh, also, uh, there are many pages on the Facebook if you search in Hebrew. Fulham fans in Israel, Israeli. That's fantastic. You have it. You have it. You have it. You have it. Well, that's great, Ori. So let's now talk about you know. And again, I'm glad that you talked about the journey because it was a very tricky journey to get him to Fulham. And we'll talk about what his future lies at the end of the interview. But unfortunately, it got off to a rocky start because we saw him against Liverpool, and I saw a glimpse of what I thought we were going to see with Fulham. Unfortunately, in a behind-the-scenes match, he got injured. And this is where things did not go well for him. And, and then, of course, I read many things in Israel, reports in Israel, reports in, in London of different things about the injury. And this is difficult because I think we were getting conflicting reports about the injury. But let's talk a little bit about that. What's interesting about this is that some of the reports I heard was reading in Israel made it sound like it might be even longer out than it ended up being. So thankfully it was the beginning of the new year, the beginning of of the calendar year. But what were your thoughts about when the injury happened? Yeah, I I will not lie. I I was quite disappointed uh, because, uh, and I think I tweeted about it. And I think this is when me and you start DMing That's when you and I started talking. Yeah, I was uh, practically uh, harassed by many Fulham uh, supporters online, but but I took it, you know, in the, in the sports uh, attitude. It's okay. Nobody likes to see someone writing things uh, not so nice about the club. Uh, but I didn't blame the club. I just said that basically this kid uh, came from an unstable sports and football routine. He waited for this move a lot of time. He tried to prepare himself independently to be ready for the Premier League, to be ready for England. And yeah, he got a few, I think it was 25, 24 minutes against Liverpool in his debut. 
and the day after to play a reserve uh, friendly match against Chelsea. And, you know, this is, for me, even if you are 100% fit, this is not how you do it. You know, with all the expectation, with all the excitement, it's a young kid who is not coming in, in top form. He wasn't playing day in, day out. Yeah, he was training, okay, with the team for, for a week and, and something, but it's not, for me, it was too much because also I'm not sure if, if in Fulham people are aware, but a few years back, Manor Mano also uh, suffered the compartment uh, syndrome. You know, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a syndrome that uh, you have uh, like very unpleasant feelings in uh, the twin muscle, okay? Uh, sometimes it can be really, really hard. And he, after a few years, he suffered it. He started with this pains already in, when he played in Israel League. He made a, a surgery that uh, helped him to, to overcome this. And, and really, he, he was like you. And, you know, every time I spoke with him and interviewed him in national team, so he says, it's a new body. I feel like I have a new body. So I think that for him, he really wants to show the new system that he arrived and he's prepared for any mission, like a very good soldier, because this is his character. He's a good boy. So he won't you told say me no. that. Yeah, he's a very <laughs> good boy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't say no. You're asking me, go bring me a cup of tea. He will go there and bring <laughs> you the best cup of tea he can, okay? But I think with all the excitement and, the, and, and yeah, pressure, this is where, you know, injuries are getting in between the cramps. And for yeah. me, I, I thought that Fulham could manage, you, you know, the system, the, the, maybe the medical, maybe the manager, I don't know, could manage his you know, sliding into the squad a little bit more softly, you know, because he's a special kid. He's not, he's not just, he has a special talent and you want... You well, want we're seeing that. Him. Yeah, 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 exactly. We're, we're definitely but but seeing... nothing, not, you know, these kind of things happen in football all right. the time. It's part of the profession. So it was nothing personal against someone in Fulham and it's not even against the club. I love Fulham. It's not... Um, just my perception is someone following this kid's career and I see him, you know, reaching the, reaching the top of the mountain that he waited so hard and then pow, it's, uh, okay, now wait for a few more months. But, you know, as we say here, it's always God's plan. During a certain peak in your career, yeah, God come and tell you, no, you need to work hard, you need to go higher. You need to build yourself and be ready for, for bigger things. And you know, you can say it in football, but basically it's true for any other profession in our life. So it's, it's fine. As long as he's playing like he's playing now, everything that's been in the way was there for a reason. Okay, excellent. All right. I'm now going to ask you about your thoughts now. Now he's returned. He actually played in an FA Cup match against Sunderland. But then, of course, we have the two matches in the uh, Premier League, the two goals. So I want to get your thoughts before I go to the ladies, your thoughts on the reaction of yourself and also in Israel when he scored these two goals. And and, uh, I'm going to be talking to the ladies after you leave uh, about the Brighton match because that probably was one of the best away days these two ladies have ever seen. So let's talk about the two goals. Okay, so I, I think, you know, in general, the, the, his return was the exact opposite. It was gradual and correct. And, and you know, he, as you said, he started in the, in the cup and then a little bit more minutes here and there. But these two goals, you know, I think just now Fulham 
he's starting to understand what kind of talent they brought in. Yeah. It's, 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 it's funny because he, this transfer was made way back. But, um, you know, when he's fit, he's healthy and he's happy. Manor is an asset that, you know, for, for top clubs, really, really for top clubs in, in the world. And I think that, you know, uh, it's fun because the, the, the first goal was fantastic. Huh? You, could, you could sense that he was a bit excited and a bit surprised that he got the <laughs> ball in that position. But in half a second, he's setting up, boom, to the top corner in style. But he, he had this half a second of being surprised by himself after all what he went through. He set up the goalkeeper, Ori. He set up the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was there to score. So here, of course, every goal of, of a player abroad is, something, is a reason to be happy. But, you know, in the Premier League, it means more. And uh, it was the first Premier League goal for an Israeli player since 2018 since Beram Keyal for Brighton. Uh, so for us, it was a special day. For me, I was uh, on my way to play uh, my non-league uh, team. I'm a, I'm a right back there at 35. I'm the oldest player in the team. And I got the <laughs> notification that Manor scored and I was like in the middle of the street. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good, uh, good motivation kick. And you know, the second goal was fantastic. I think... Yeah. Uh, for many angles. First of all, if you noticed, uh, everybody spoke about the fantastic goal of uh, Adeyemi from Dortmund against Chelsea in the Champions League last week when he ran almost coast to coast. Yeah, uh, I, I saw that. You saw that. But, yep. but Manor goals was, was even more, I would say, smarter. Okay, Adeyemi ran with the ball and he, he touched the ball many times and he used his body. Manor touched the ball once. He touched the ball once and ran more than half a field. And touched the ball once, ran. The, the touch was so correct, so input, so intelligent, so gentle. And then the finish, as the, as the commentator said, astonishing. Yeah. And, you know, so, so for us, again, to see him scoring twice, then a winner in the 88th minute. By the way, a great shot he had with the W88 sponsor of Fulham because it, it was a winner goal in the 88 minutes. So it was, it was pretty fun to see that also. Um, yeah, but, you know, happy for the kid. And obviously, you know, everything he does in Fulham, uh, for good and for worse, is, you know, is becoming a headline here for uh, the day, for two days. So, yeah. His, his, his first goal maybe, maybe was a, a full two days of speaking on Manor Salomon. The second one was a full day, not, not two days, because many Israeli players scored in that weekend. But, you know, he's, we are so happy for him and for the club. Um, but, you know, the situ his situation is still tricky because the season is soon to be over. Right? It's, a, it's a few months you have to enjoy this club and eventually someone will need to take a decision. Even right. if it's him, the club, Shakhtar needs to agree. It's, it's very complicated. It is, Uri. I was going to ask you about that, but I, I do want to get a couple questions from uh, my co-host here. First, uh, sure. Waz, over to you. Do you have any questions for Uri? Um, does Manor only score on the 88th minute? Because it was the 88th minute against Forest as well, <laughs> weirdly. 
Yeah, well, um, I must say uh, no, but he has this, he has, he has this, this sense of, of scoring clutch goals, second half goals that you need to change the game, to bring the game to yourself. Uh, but uh, we've seen in Shakhtar too, at, uh, at Real Madrid away, he scored in the first half, and then he scored again in the second half, he had a break. Uh, and then in the national team, think that, you know, uh, now with Eran Zahavi retired from, from the national team, Manor is the go-to guy. Everybody is looking uh, for him to open the match, whether it's with a, you know, with a shot to score or a pass to give the assist. To manage the pace of our attack, uh, he's been fantastic, and uh, and you know he's he's even I think now we are seeing him in in a really prime form. He's really lethal, you know, to get to to be in this shape and to get out of the bench. It's not easy to return from such an injury. It's not a, a meniscus is a very very difficult injury. You need to gain a confidence in maybe one of the most important pieces in your body for football, the knee. Imagine you don't have the confidence in the knee to play football. It's a very challenging situation. And imagine you're trying to return to a squad in the best league in the world, a club and a team that is having probably its best season in years. How can you penetrate this squad and get game time? You need to be very positive and you need to be very smart and very modest. And I think that, uh, you know, Manor has this intelligence of understanding his place, uh, that he's there to contribute and to show what he's capable of doing uh, for a team. Uh, hopefully for Fulham to say, okay, we go all the way with this guy because thanks to his, uh, I don't know, five goals and two assists, we got the conference league uh, ticket uh, for next season, hopefully for Fulham. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, his, his yeah. goals already have been like hugely impactful. I mean, the first one uh, against Forest, we, we were 1-0 up, but until we get that second goal, there's always an element of uncertainty. And so the reaction of the fans was just immense when he, you know, for him as well, because everyone understood that he'd been out for a long time and how much it must have meant to him. And obviously getting the... So that he came on and he got a goal within 60 minutes against Forest. Six minutes against Brighton. I mean, it, it's crazy. phenomenal the impact that he, he made. Um, and all the fans were singing his name, mispronouncing it, I have to say, but still <laughs> singing his name within an English accent. And um, because I think they know that we want him to feel the love because we know that at the end of this season, he will have a lot of people coming for him. And we want to wrap our arms around him and make sure that he's happy where he is. So totally agree, we, Laz. We know that it's it's you know he will have options, and we want him to feel the love. And I'm sure Jackie will say something similar. <laughs> Jackie, yeah. yeah. I mean, in case you hadn't worked it out, Ori, we really, really like him. We were <laughs> impressed um, way back when we saw him against Liverpool. I remember I actually looked up our blog entry um, knowing we were going to be speaking to you and we put something like, you know, he's he's the perfect example of good things coming in small packages because he brings something to the team that most of his other teammates don't. He's he's you know, he's small, he's compact, he runs really fast, he turns really quickly, he gets past bigger people and we were impressed with him 
briefly that day. And we thought, of course, we were going to see lots, lots more of him as the season went on. And so people were genuinely very disappointed, even though we didn't know him very well and we hadn't seen very much of him. But people were disappointed that he got injured early on and we were all really rooting for him as well. And the club are quite good at updating fans on, you know, when he got back into the gym and when he got back onto the the training pitch and stuff. And people were excited to see him. And I think you're right. They've, they've eased him in coming back just about right. And, you yeah. know, we've seen um, the, the substitute appearances and then the, the, the full game in the FA Cup. And he looked really good in that as well, actually. But yeah, the two goals have been absolutely brilliant. And um, ever since, I mean, the Brighton goal in particular, it's like you said, his, his first touch was so good that his second touch was the shot. And, you know, we were almost right behind the goal and we could see him running towards us at full steam. And, you know, the, the, the defender's doing his best to cut him off. But the finish to, to get past the defender and the goalie at that stage in the game, it was unbelievable. So, yeah, it really was one of the best away days we've had. And we, we uh, I think every Fulham fan has now watched that goal from every angle. <laughs> we've all got his song, as Laws says, slightly mispronounced, stuck in our heads. What is um, the song? What, how, how is the song is going? How... Can you sing it? Uh, Maybe it's it's Man of Solomon, na 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 Man of Solomon, Solomon, and it's literally we were just singing uh, it. Solomon, Solomon, yeah. ah, yeah. nice, okay. Yeah, in yeah. fact, we were singing it before he came on because we were urging our manager to get him on, and uh, <laughs> so we we did push like that because we were thinking we need something else, and we wanted. Yeah. We wanted Manor on and all the fans made that clear to the manager because sometimes we help make the substitutions. They don't, they're not aware There you of that. <laughs> not not <laughs> us personally, but the whole crowd. <laughs> oh, um, oh, yeah. Russ, you sent me one question that I, 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 I found it very interesting and I want to comment before I... Go do. ahead, please. Please yes. do. Yeah, you, you asked me about the a comparison to Eden Hazard. Yes, I, I would like you to share your thoughts because what's interesting about this is I did a podcast with two co-hosts that happened to be in Australia, and one of them mentioned that he reminded him of Eden Hazard. So then I went back and read your article that was on the Fulham website, and you said the exact same thing. So let's talk about this because I can see the comparison. Yeah. If we are talking net about style and about what he can bring to a team, so it's definitely this guy who plays wide, who, as perfectly you mentioned, uh, it's, it's, he's fast, his, his technique is, is top, and he's, and he's lethal in front of goal. I think we all remember the Hazard of six, seven, eight years back. He was doing in the Premier League whatever he wanted. But there is a big difference uh, between the two. And it's connecting to things I heard. You know, if it, I think they are similar in terms, only if you are looking on the way they play. But Manor is a dedicated professional. He invests in, pre in training, in preparation. This is, this is how he managed to return from this injury so good. This is how he managed to play with the compartment syndrome he had and to be in the top level for where he was then. 
he is investing in his body. His parents are, are gym teachers, both. Like he's coming from a, a family of, of sport and athletism education at the, at the highest level. And he's a, a very dedicated athlete. And Eden Hazard is a very talented player, maybe one of the greatest talents in the past decade or, or two decades, even the past generation of European football. But I promise you, he's not dedicated uh, in trainings. And we are seeing where his career now is not that old. Okay, but uh, he's not, he's not, he didn't turn to be the player we thought he would be. Yeah, he had a few good seasons in Chelsea, and that's good. And in England, everyone remembers him for that. But in Real Madrid, it was nothing like his, uh, his Chelsea form. He, he practically disappeared from the radar. He, he practically looking at someone who doesn't like the game, doesn't like to play football. So Manor in this time, in this, uh, he, he reminds me, Hazard in his style and what he can co- contribute to a team, but if we are comparing the attitude of each one, you cannot even compare. Manor is top professional, he is very sensitive and dedicated to his body. Okay, great stuff. Listen, I know we got to wrap up this interview, Ori, and I can't thank you enough for doing this. I do have to end on one question. I hope this will maybe take a minute or two, so I really okay. appreciate because we talked a little bit about this during the show. This is something that we're all concerned about. I'm sure Jack and Laws are concerned about this because I am as yep. well. The contract yep. situation, it's very murky. So what can you tell us about the situation? Because we hear different things. What do you know? Yeah. Um, look, as I said, uh, at the end of the season, uh, basically the negotiations will reopen because Mano will need to go back to, to Shakhtar. I think, from what I understood, in a, in a, you know, in a gentlemanic agreement was that if all sides are satisfied and, and there is the right offer to satisfy Shakhtar and Manor is interested and Fulham is interested, he will stay. Depends on the club plans, depends on the club goals. You know, football is very, everything is uh, liquid. Today I do this, tomorrow uh, everything is different. Um, but from, my, from what I understand, there is... Uh, there is a, a gentlemanic agreement to, to continue the, the relationship if, if everything is good, but there will be a negotiation because he's, he's, uh, he needs to be purchased from Shakhtar Donetsk um, and there will, there will need to be a calculation um, with the, the FIFA subsidiaries that uh, were driving to Shakhtar during uh, the beginning of the war between Russia and Ukraine. That if you remember, FIFA let players, foreign players that play in uh, in Ukraine and Russia, to leave for a certain amount of time and then to cover it for the club. So there will be a calculation to be made in this situation, and this will be the will, will probably make the deal a little bit more complicated. Uh, but a good agent will solve it, I believe. And you know, I wish for you that uh, Fulham will. Will aim from Europe and, and Mano will be happy in Fulham and the Gaffer will want Mano to continue and to have a, for me, I think to have a spot as a starter in the team. I think uh, Mano needs to be a starter. Um, and I think that uh, what he's doing in these games, in the very few minutes that he gets to play, is to show that he he's there, he's in this level, he can contribute yep. for the Premier League. So I think Fulham will be smart. To go all the way on him because otherwise there will be other clubs that will go for him. 
Right, and that's yeah. what Arsenal Jackie was saying already. Yeah. Yes. Uh, who knows? Chelsea could go for him. Because no, let's not, let's not talk him, about yeah. them. <laughs> we'll keep name and so that he gets more minutes and then he'll stay and everyone's happy. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that if the best the best scenario for all involved would be Fulham guaranteeing a spot in Europe, Manor f- finishing the season yeah. as a starter, adds a few more goals, a couple of assists to to his tally, uh, and the team is building around the uh, Mitro, around him, around all the. I must say, such a fantastic bunch of lads you have in Fulham. You know, everybody are so happy, and there is a competition on each position. But everyone yes. is so positive. You see them, they are happy for each other. They are hugging each other. They are in this drive. And man, it's so nice. You know, it made me. It's a family the... club, yeah. Ori. It's a family club, but you could see how they're playing for each other on the pitch. For sure. For sure. You can sense it. And I wish all the best for Fulham for the end of the season. Enjoy Mano and, and keep him for us healthy. Hopefully, uh, we both will enjoy him for many more years. I hope so, Rory. Listen, thank you so much for joining Jack and Lazar. My pleasure. Tonight, and uh, maybe we'll have you back on again another time. Maybe. Contact me. I will, it will be <laughs> – no, for sure. It will be a pleasure when I have time. It's always uh, – it will be my pleasure for sure. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. For sure. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. 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 Okay, that was – Yuri Ori Levy, and I did a Goldman there. I said his name wrong, Jackie, as uh, I say goodbye to him. It's actually pronounced Ori, so just want to say that. Great interview, and I'll be talking to the ladies about that in just a few minutes. Coming up next, we're going to talk about our interview and also Jack and Laz's experience at Brighton Hove Albion. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Ladies, wow, that was an interesting interview. So, again, thank you so much for joining me tonight so we could talk to Ori Levy, but now we're going to talk about Brighton Hove Albion. But I obviously we should talk a little bit about what we just uh, heard from Ori Levy. Jackie, I'll go to you first. What were your thoughts about the interview? I thought it was really interesting to get the perspective from someone who has obviously followed Manor's career probably since the start. Um, to be honest, I hadn't heard of him before. He started being linked with Fulham, you know, as as you said, probably about a year ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, you see the little compilations of him on Twitter and you think, oh, yeah, he seems he seems to look good. Um, and then obviously he's arrived and it's turned out he he is good. But it's it's very interesting to hear that 
Um, not only has he always been a good player, but he's got the personality to deal with the setbacks he's had. Um, and that, um, you know, hopefully he he knows a good thing when he when he sees it and he's we, we can see he's fitted in at Fulham and hopefully he's enjoying it as much as he seems to be. Um, but it sounds like, you know, he's a he's a sensible, clever person who who should realise that that this could be a good place for him to stay. Well, that's the hope. And uh, Laws, over to you. An interesting thing that I got out of the interview, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, is that Ori at the end of the interview said he believes that Menor should be playing on a regular basis. Now, this is going to be a little bit of an issue potentially because of the competition at his position. So I'm thinking while he's saying this, I don't know how this is all going to play out because you have William. You have Bobby Decker, Dover, Reed. So how do you feel that this could uh, play out with uh, Menor Solomon? Because there's a lot of competition for uh, his position. There is, and that's a good thing, because it shows that we've actually got a squad with strength and depth, which we haven't had before, I don't think, to this extent. Anyway, I mean, on Saturday, I mean, as we're talking about the Brighton match, um, Harry Wilson started and he has been brilliant for the club and great in the championship. But um, I don't think he's been great in the Premier League. And I think maybe the standard might not be there or maybe he was injured. Maybe he's just not like sort of like fully back to where he was. But um, it was interesting that he was in the starting lineup and he was on the pitch for quite a while. And I think that's why the fans were just saying, I'm not sure if he's working and we should sub him. And it, it took a while for that to happen. Um, we often complain about some of the substitutes being late. So I don't yeah. think we're alone in sort of moaning about that. Um, and then when he came on, obviously he made an instant impact. So I suppose it's within six minutes that he scored. Um, and you do have to sort of question, well, who should start? You've got William playing brilliantly, like absolutely almost his career. Um and Bobby, who I really think everyone loves for being the fantastic utility player, having played every outfield position, I think, you know, in the team. Um, and even then, people said they wouldn't bet against him in goals either, but like, even though he's not that big. But um, So I think it is a real question as to, you know, what, what Manor will expect, and he must expect to start, and whether that's legitimate. And I have to say, Vinicius was really good on Saturday when he came on and once again he has his critics but it was his assist as everyone who's watched the goal 5,000 times uh, will have seen um, and it was perfectly weighted having uh, obviously had the pass through from Reem and I know sort of Rusty said it, it was an ultimate team goal even though the execution and the finish was absolutely sublime um, but it was a good team goal um, so it is a dilemma for the club. I think probably Manor does need to start. Everyone was saying, oh, he'll start against Leeds. But I think against Wolves, I think you have to sort of say, well, no, maybe he is to a start. But then you wouldn't leave William out either. And I wouldn't want to leave Bobby out. So that means Vinicius is on the bench. And Bobby working as that sort of false number nine didn't work on no. Saturday. But I don't know what the strategy was sort of like behind that. But obviously they've got sort of like, of big defenders at Brighton, maybe Wolves might be a slightly different setup, and it might actually work sort of, you know, more 
uh, effectively there. I don't know, but I think it would be hard not to start him, I have to say. It's an interesting situation because, like you said, Laz, it might come down to the opponent. It might come down to who's a better fit against Wolves that Marco might have to decide. Jackie, what are your thoughts about all this? Because I'm glad that we had Orion, and and obviously they're looking at it. He's looking at it from a perspective in Israel. They want to see him play on a regular basis, and I understand that. And they've watched his career. But there's a logjam right now at the winger position. And we're not even mentioning Dan James. Dan James is by far out of this parameter at this point. But you still have Bobby. You have William, you have Harry Wilson, and now you have Menor Solomon that scored a spectacular goal, now scored two very good goals. How do you keep him out? I don't know. I mean, I don't envy Marco this decision, although <laughs> you know, it's an embarrassment of riches, but but it is hard not only to keep everyone happy, but also hard to pick the right people for the, the right opponent, as we've right. said. Um, and we haven't even mentioned Cubano, don't forget. I know he's not going to be oh. back for a while. But he's another talented winger, and um, we, we do seem to have rather a lot of them. I think part of the sort of issue, in a, in a good way, is that William has been so much better than people expected. I think when when he was first signed, although people were impressed with him and wanted to see him play, I don't think we were expecting him to be starting in the team every week and to be as good and as influential and still as full of energy and ideas as he actually is. So he's kind of confounded the critics. Um, Manor obviously coming back from injury, it's it's very hard to do. Have, having said that, though, he has done it better, I think, than Harry Wilson. Um, and, yeah. you know, we, we really like Harry. We really, really liked him last season. But he's he is a shadow of his former self, unfortunately. Yeah. And... Yeah, how how do you choose between them? I, I don't know. But yeah, Manor surely two goals in two games does deserve to start. I I, I do I, I have come round to that view, I think. Okay, that, excellent. That William goal though at Forest was such an amazing goal. If you have both of yeah. them on at the same time, yeah. what's not to like? No, I, I agree with you, Laws, and and that's what's interesting. And also how can I put this, Laz? This is a good problem to have. This is actually a very good problem to have, that we're talking about different options because, generally speaking, we talk about lack of depth. Not at this position. There's actually good depth and decisions to be made. And uh, I'm actually – I like the situation that Fulham are under, that Mark was under. I, I don't envy him having to make these decisions, though, because I think that they are difficult decisions. And we'll have to see what happens with Mitro. And I'm glad that you already lost, talked about Vinicius because, listen, he has been criticized a tremendous amount. He's never going to be Mitro loss. But you know what? I thought he played well. He did what we needed him to do. He was integral in the goal. But beyond that, he also set up another opportunity earlier on. And he gave Fulham something that they needed in, in this match loss because I want to talk a little bit about your experience at this match, he, along with Menor, I thought changed the match because now they had someone that could hold up the ball, someone that could be more involved, a more focal point. And Vinicius, for, in my opinion, I thought played well. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree, Russ. I mean, I think we both said after the match that um, when we made our subs, we improved. But when Brighton made their subs, they didn't really change things for them. So we actually, not that we could go much lower because we really weren't that, that good. No. Um, so, but we definitely stepped up. Um, and he was, he was impressive um, for all the reasons that you've said. And no one is going to forget his goal against Chelsea. So um, <laughs> he will still go down in folklore, whatever he decides to do, or however long he's with us. So he has, um, you know, had a, a massive impact just for that goal and for the assist on Saturday. To be honest, we almost wanted to blur out all the previous minutes before the 88. Because oh, I'm there it, with you. It, uh, I mean, it was great fun being there. But Brighton were impressive, but not their sort of like their end ball. They're, I mean, you could say their finishing wasn't great, but actually it was Leno that was making some really good saves. Um, but uh, whether they made that easy for him or not, I don't, I don't think so. I think Leno had to be on his sort of like top of his game really to keep keep out um, and stop Brighton sort of like running riot. They they looked good. We we soaked up the pressure, and I know you said that actually it was a massively brilliant defensive performance, and right. it was. I mean, Ream was absolutely brilliant. Diop was brilliant. Um, Leno was brilliant. Tete once again brilliant. Uh, Robinson good, like you know, good. But the others in particular were brilliant, and uh, so yeah, they did a job, and they if you could win. Playing badly, as everyone said, that's a really sign of a really good team. Exactly, um, Loss. That's been so my point on this bad. show. Right. Mm. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's kind of where I've been going, ladies. And over to you, Jackie, because uh, I know that, as Laws just said, 88 minutes you're talking about, well, it's not a great match to watch. But in a way, it's – a very impressive match. If you look back, and I've watched it several times now. I'm I'm crazy like that. I've watched this match three times now. Because I like to watch the integral parts of the match that, again, it was about without the ball. It was the defensive part of the game. And Anthony Robinson wasn't at the level of the other three of the back four. But with Bern Leno and those other three, they were just tremendous. And... I don't know what has gotten into Tim Ream. I'm just going to say this because Tim Ream is like turning back the years because he pulls off a pass to win the match. Let's call it what it is. Jackie pulls off in a tremendous pass, but it wasn't the only one that he did. He was always forward thinking. It's his reading of the game and he yeah. might be getting older in years, but it's his reading of the game that is just, making him a better player. I can't believe I'm saying that. He's a better player yeah. now. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think that he reads the game so well. His positioning is so good. His anticipation is so good that that makes up for any lack of speed because he's never going to be caught out because he always knows what the attacker's going to do. So he's always in the right place at the right time. And the interceptions he pulls off and the the tackles and everything are, are, are absolutely fantastic. Um, he's always in the thick of everything. He's got this really good partnership with Diop now, as well as his partnership with Anthony, which is which is always good. So, yeah, the defence, it, it is getting better and better. And um, 
you know, again, that's not something we're really used to seeing with Fulham, a, a really strong defence that, you know, that's um, in terms of clean sheets. I've, I've now lost track of the statistic because there have been so many. But, you know, we're, we're pulling off clean sheets all over the place. Um, it, it's not fluky or freaky. They're, they're just playing so well that that's, that's what's happening. Absolutely. Over to you, Waz. And again, uh, just to finish up talking about this, I really just want to get your thoughts and then I'll go to Jackie. Just the experience of the end of that match from the goal to the victory. What was it like in the away section? What what was that feeling like? Uh, initially, we were a bit stunned, I think, because it's, it, it just it was obviously the last few minutes of the match. We were already thinking, We'll take a draw here. That's not a bad result. Come to the Amex and go over the point. Um, it's you know, it was a sort of a grave, then got drizzly afternoon. We thought, oh, but you know, it'd been a nice day out. The singing was great, the atmosphere from the fans was brilliant. We sort of sang from the off. Um, and I think I heard Tim Ream say, uh, in when he was interviewed after the match. He just said, if we knew we were up against it. The fans knew we were up against it, but they were behind us all the way. And yes, so he it, said that. Yeah, and so it didn't matter that, it, you know, the fans were sort of not having a go at them if they sort of like allowed a shot on goal or if they didn't quite get that last tackle or whatever. They were fully, fully supportive. Um, and uh, so, so the fans were in good spirits and happy probably to get a, a point. And then when the goal happened, and literally it was from out of nowhere, because I think we'd had, at that point we did have one shot, everyone was thinking, <laughs> God, we've had a shot, because it was sort of like uh, a, a bit of um, a rarity, putting it mildly. And, and for it to be done so brilliantly, it was pure elation. I mean, it was, it was almost like... Um, I can't remember when Mitra got his 43rd goal in the championship, but everyone knew he'd broken the record. It was all when Tom Kearney got his goal after injury. It was of that sort of calibre that it meant that much to the fans that were there and to get three points. And it was a six-pointer of a game, you know, sixth and seventh in the league. Right. We, we, you know, and it was, you know, as everyone said, smash and grab. It, it was sort of like just blatant. And we, we, um, we're meeting some Brighton match uh, fans, Brighton fans after the match, and uh, we did literally say sorry because it was so blatant, <laughs> and they were very magnanimous about it and just yeah. said that's football, um, so they understood, and um, it was just one of those. And as you say, Ross, Ross it's not really fluky because we defended well, and then we, you know, converted when we had to. So, uh, good game. Well, look at it this way, Jackie, and I'll go to you, and I want to get your thoughts on, on this as well. First of all, I want to say, and I'm glad that Laws mentioned this, I think the players fed off of you. They fed off of the supporters. They It helped drive them to the end. And you could see their elation and how they celebrated with the supporters at the goal and then obviously after the match. But this is not fluky. and this is a fluky victory. What would you call Tottenham with Harry Kane beating Fulham? What would you call Manchester United at Craven Cottage winning at the very end? Those aren't fluky wins. Those are just goals at the end of the match, finding a way to win. This is finding a way to win. 
not at your best, that is a sign of not just a good team, a very good team. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a sign of that. You know, we dug in, we kept going. Um, yes, as the fans, we were right behind the team. That That is absolutely right. Um, it was a stressful experience because the ball was <laughs> down friend a lot of the time. And um, as good as Leno is, um, he was kept very busy. And you did sort of worry, you know, God, are they going to score any minute? Um, and in fact, I think it was about 86 minutes. And I, I was actually thinking, God, I don't know if we're going to hold on. And then Manuel did his thing. Yep. Um, and, and there we were. And as Will said, yeah, it was absolutely, the, 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 the scenes in the away end were absolutely fantastic. It was incredible to score like that. Um, but also, as you say, the, the, the players coming over at the end, it was quite special because um, it was as if they'd sort of done their shaking hands with the opposition and that kind of thing. Um, sort of pretty much in the centre circle. And then they all seem to sort of think, oh, right, we've done that now. We can we can go and see the fans. And they all kind of came over together. Um, there was lots of lots of singing, um, mainly Manuel's name again, um, and some shirt removing and, um, you know, lots of them clapping us and us clapping them. And it was it was really nice. I think I think they did feel that we'd we'd really helped them through it. Um, and we we were all just absolutely delighted. Okay, excellent, excellent stuff. I, I want to share a comment for you two ladies. This is from Steve Reynolds. Ladies, polite and articulate as ever, please tell me that you swear during games, LOL. <laughs> Particularly if it's about our team down the road. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, very funny. Thank you, Steve, for sharing that, making the ladies laugh. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Ladies, listen, this has been a great show. I do want to ask you, we've been doing this for almost an hour now, and I can't thank you enough for doing the show with me. There is one other topic I do want to ask you about. Well, actually, two. Jackie, I want to get your thoughts. Do you want an FA Cup run? Is it possible? And do you think that it's possible Fulham could end in a European spot? I'm giving you two at the same time. What are your thoughts on an FA Cup run and a potentially ending in a European spot? I think an FA Cup run is definitely possible. The game against Leeds is a winnable game. Um, I think realistically, because there are, I think, nine Premier League teams left, our next opponent, should we win, would be another Premier League team. Um, but we know we can beat most of those Premier League teams. So you never know. Um yes, we might end up with Man City again. Um, <laughs> but who's to say this might be the year? So um any anything could happen. Um so yes, I think that's possible. The European sport is is difficult because um this we put this in the blog actually. This season it seems to have come around a season too soon. Um the the promotion season perhaps should have been a season where we finished mid-table, um, having all been satisfied with that and sort of found our way back into the Premier League. But we've done so well that the, the, the European dream is on. You know, um, any other team in sixth place would, would be sort of genuinely looking forward to it, whereas we're all a bit worried about it. Um, are we ready for it? Not at the moment. But could we be ready for it? You know, Marco really knows what he's doing. The recruitment would be good. Uh, there's clearly money to be spent. 
other players could come in. You know, we absolutely love the last two European tours. So, yeah, I think, of course, everyone would like it. And, yeah, here we are. We're in sixth place. It, it could happen. Okay, excellent. Over to you, Was Your thoughts on a potential FA Cup run? And am I out of my mind talking so much about a, a European place? Am I crazy? We've, we've got to aim for it. Um, personally, it's, I would think I'd rather cement our position in the league and go on the FA Cup run. However, when we've just been talking about Manor, who there are, you know, that Uri was saying, you know, definitely wants to play in Europe, then actually we owe it to our best players yes. to be in Europe and to Good keep point. our best players and to be able to generate more income and actually be self-sustaining. Um, so I don't think we should give up on anything. I think we should just keep keep going as we are. And the FA Cup, definitely. I mean, God, what, we got to the final in 75. It was the last time we were there. It's a generation ago. We've got to keep going as much as we can, whoever we come up against. And then Europe, um, it's going to be tough because there's a few other teams just, behind us with games in hand and I know they've got to put points on the board but we just keep going keep playing as we are, we've got winnable games but not get a bit overconfident, I do worry that you know, this is a typical Fulham fan, you know, always worrying about something that you can't right. sort of like really do anything about but yeah we've got to like just not get too big for our boots but just keep on going as we are and we are as competitive as any side in the league, I mean I think you know, Arsenal at the cottage would be difficult, for instance, but not absolutely unwinnable. And I think all of our games, that's how we view them now, they're all potentially winnable, um, and they are. So it's just, um, why not? Whatever we can get out of this season, because we had the season of our lives last, last season, and this is proving equally amazing. Absolutely. Ladies, this has been a treat having you both back on. Before we go... Let's talk one more time about the book. Over to you, Jackie. Let's talk a little bit more about the book. I know I mentioned it the last time you were on. Actually, you were on a little over a month ago. How are things going with the book? So the book is selling quite well. Um, this is our second book, Caught in Possession, which is the sequel to our first book, Crossing the Line. Um, and by coincidence, in fact, it is a story of a fictional Fulham team who are now in Europe. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> We predicted that right. So there's a bit of travelogue in there. There's a lot of football in there. Um, there's quite a lot of funny moments in there, but but some more serious issues as well that we deal with. So um, yeah, no, it's it's selling it's selling okay. Thank you. Well, that's great. That's great. And Laz, as always, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I wish you the best with the book and. Uh, Obviously, you do a tremendous blog, and uh, I read it all the time. And uh, I hope you guys come back again soon. I thought about potentially uh, you guys coming back on later on the week, but I thought, you know, after we couldn't make time for you guys to come on separately, I'm like, you know what? Come on with Ori, and we can have fun. And we we actually talk phone for an hour. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Loved it. We love thank you so much for us. <laughs> well you guys are welcome back anytime jackie and uh it's just a pleasure having you guys on and and everyone that watches or listens knows about your blog and you guys do a tremendous job 
and I just want to thank you for doing the show. Let's do wrap this up for our very special guest, Ori Levy in Israel, and my co-host tonight, Jack and Laws. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.